Morning again, saints. I'm so pleased I get to introduce some of my favorite people this morning, and that's Danny and Diane McDaniel. Now, Danny is going to be preaching this morning, and I get to give you the first 20 minutes of how what a great guy he is. But no. Okay, 60 seconds. Three things I love about Danny McDaniel. First of all, he's crazy about his family. He knows, he understands that some of the wealth of the world comes because not only are we to impact the world, but we're to make sure we launch our children forth and they're to have every opportunity. And I know you've heard me preach that a few times in this church. This is a man that lives that out. Danny and his wife have an independent distributorship in the States the last 21 years. God has really blessed them. So what else did they do? They decided, well, God's given us prosperity. Let's bless the kingdom. So when Pastor Rice Brooks sent them out to start a church, Danny didn't have to have a salary. He said, great, we'll start a church. And so they started Bethel Dallas. And uh, if you ever get to be in Dallas, as I have been privileged, wow, it's, it's really, it's our sister church. You're going to love these people. We've got great examples here today. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for being here. And finally, I found out when I met Danny eight years ago, Danny loves the orphan. I was one of the few times when we have had guests here and I have said, hey, would you like to go see the orphanage? And this Texas businessman said, yes, absolutely. Let's go see the orphans. And it's like, great, let's go. And he and his son Cam was here at that time. And we went and I discovered that, you know, God's given him the father's heart. So not just for his own children, but for many, many, many. And so he keeps coming back and bringing all his best people, all his best friends, <laughs> the uh, Cernicke family that's with us today. And, uh, and, and he does it because he loves the orphans and he loves us. So Danny, thank you. Thank you for all you've done. And thank you for preaching the word today. I'm so excited. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're we're gonna do we're gonna just do something. We hope y'all participate. We've got to say we've got to give our Bethel Dallas family really a greeting from Africa. How about that? They got to see your beautiful faces and your beautiful smiles. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna introduce to our church. They're gonna play this video in church because they're all asleep right now, and <laughs> it's gonna be like pretend that it's live. And, but I want to introduce Pastor Roger and Pastor Simon to our church so that they can see their faces and. Also, and David stay up here too, because they, they know him well. But also, I, I want, a, after I introduce those guys to the church, I will, I'll turn around. I'm going to ask you guys to greet Bethel Dallas. Y'all just give them a wave or shout or whatever, and we'll, that'll be it. Is that good? Okay. All right. And this is TJ, my son, filming up here. So y'all come on, y'all come on over here, guys, because TJ's going to give us a three, two, one. Oh, I'm going to give you a three, two, one. You ready, TJ? Okay. Yeah, here we go. Ready, TJ? It's going? Okay, stop it, and then we'll start again. Okay. Three, two, one. Well, hey, Bethel Dallas, we are excited to be just looking at you right now, and you're looking at us, but <laughs> what I want to do is we're excited, and I want to introduce you to the apostolic team here in Africa. This is Pastor Roger Pierce and Pastor Simon Larifolo. They're the apostolic leaders for the entire continent of Africa, and Pastor Simon is the, he's the senior leader right here at the Rosebank, Every Nation Rosebank Church, and you already know 
you know, Pastor David. So, guys, we're excited to be here this morning. We know great things are happening there at Bethel Dallas, too. And we want uh, you to see this whole crowd here. So they're going to greet you as well. All right, well, y'all have a great Sunday, and we'll probably see you next week. God bless you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for your, for your participation and patience with that. It's good that our Every Nation family sees each other from around the world, because it's a real ministry with real people connected nationwide and uh, internationally as well. So... Let me just get this out, and I want to just briefly just tell all of you that it's an honor to be up here. You know, when seven years ago, we were here for the first time, and it was me and my son Cam with Pastor Rice, or Dr. Rice Brooks, and I, I never would have imagined seven years later, because it was March of, of that same, or February of that same, February of seven years ago, never would have imagined that I would be here standing in this pulpit um, preaching to you today. But God is, God is great, and he has, he has a plan, and he knows, you know, what does the word say? Trust in him and lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So that's just, that's what happens, is he, he'll direct your path, and you'll wind up being in places that you never thought you would be, speaking to people you never thought you would speak to, just, be, just from trusting God, and that relates a lot to the sermon today. But Pastor Roger, I honor you, just thank you for... Your leadership, Pastor Simon, honor you too. Thank you so much for your leadership. Dennis, thank you for your leadership, sir. You're amazing. You are truly amazing. If, if you, these guys, I've seen him firsthand. And David and Caroline, thank you. You're tremendous leaders. And I know because of that, that you're tremendous leaders. And if you don't feel like you're one, you're a tremendous leader in the making. It's important for you to know that you're a difference maker. You're a world changer. And that's how God made you. And sometimes we just have to get woken up so that we begin to understand that we are difference makers and that we are world changers because God is no respecter of persons. You were, you were created in his image and God is holy and God is perfect. And just think about that. You were created in the image of a holy, perfect God. And one day you'll meet him face to face. And, and it's going to be exciting that you're going to be able to meet him face to face knowing that you strove for that perfection in him. And that's because that's what he desires for you as well. So I haven't even started preaching yet. But <laughs> I'm so happy to see our mission. See, the guys, all the guys and gals on the second row and the, our dear friends over here, the Sanikis who came with us, uh, they, they actually, they're part owners. There's, there's three daughters that own our company that we are independent distributors for. Their father uh, owned the company before he passed in 2001 and and. Them and their four children, Andy and Stacy, and their four children are here, and they own the company that Diane and I have been a part of for 21 years. And we, this is their first, uh, their first experience with uh, in Africa. So, and two of the kids, Andrew and Caitlin, just got here from the airport. So, this is their very first. I mean, coming in and seeing, <laughs> seeing all this. So it's a it's a beautiful day, but. What I was going to say about all these guys on the second row is they don't want to see me preach today. They see that all the time. They want to see Pastor Roger or Pastor Simon preach. So, sorry guys. I did not do that. You got to ask, yeah. 
meet with Pastor Roger after the service. Okay, now, now we're to the preview. So, every movie has previews, right? And you want to go see the great movie that's out, you know, whether it's The Greatest Showman or whether it's Justice League or, you know, or what? What? Oh, the Black Panther. Oh, I thought you were saying the Black Panther. So, or it's the Black Panther and you want to see the Black Panther. You sit in the theater with your popcorn and Coke and you're going, start the movie. I'm tired of the previews. And, but I've got one more preview for you, and it's going to be essential. And it has everything to do with leadership. And we're, we're actually a slide ahead. We should be on leadership process involves. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to talk to you a moment about leadership because it's very important. It has everything to do with today's message. You know, in 1999, Diane and I were introduced uh, actually by Stacy, who's over here, her father, his name was Charlie Regas, and, and he introduced us. He put us in a private room and introduced, to us, uh, to, introduced us to a man named John Maxwell. And he just released this book called The 21 Laws of Leadership. And then we had lunch with him after that. And Charlie, the owner of our company, sat on one side of John Maxwell, and I sat on the other side of John Maxwell, and we were eating lunch with him. And, you know, you think you feel special and all that kind of stuff, which is really irrelevant because uh, what I needed was the book. I didn't need John Maxwell. And we go home, and, but, but what we launched was something called Leadership 2000, which we were going to dig into this book, and we were going to learn these principles of leadership and lead our lives that way. And what happened as a result was that Diane and I, our lives began to change dramatically as a result of this, of the, this one particular leadership book. And so my, my challenge to you today, my charge to you today is, is to begin to grow in the area of leadership. It takes personal growth and development. To become a better leader. And you're going to see in a minute how it really applies you know, to your life. Now, there's a process of leadership. And it really is involving raising your lid. And so, just to give you the quickest preview that I can. All of us have a leadership lid in life. Meaning, we, you know, we're trying to grow. We're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to influence people. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you didn't have any influence? Yeah. You just... Not enough influence. And you're, you're hitting this lid. And it, many times it's because on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, the highest, and Jesus is the standard. So Jesus was a level 10 leader. I've never seen a level 10 leader in my life. But I know one. And his name's Jesus. I've seen a couple of nines. Her father was a nine. And that's a, that's a, if someone ever called me a nine, I would be pretty honored. Because I've never seen a 10. But I'm striving, to, I'm striving for that 10. His name's Jesus. So, but sometimes you may think, well, I'm just a, like a two. I mean, I, I love Jesus, but I, I don't have any friends. I'm lonely. I don't, I don't have any, you know, I, I'm broke. I'm, it's not just money, but I'm broke. Things don't go my way. Uh, I, I don't, people just don't want to go my direction. Well, that's because you're hitting a lid. There's something there. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means you, that you have not broken through that glass ceiling to raise your lid. Because if you look at this if you look at this chart right here, what you're going to see is if, if that's a one, you don't have, you're not affecting many people. So now look at a three. If you raise your lid to a three, well, now you're, 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 you're going to expand your ability to influence people a little bit more. And so that, just think, you can get fit people in there. People aren't necessarily going to follow a three, but you're growing. You're on your way. And we all have the potential to go from anywhere, whether it's a two, 
You can go to a 9 or go to a 10. If it's, if it's a 1, you can go to a 7 or an 8 or a 9 or a 10. It doesn't matter where you start. It's about where you finish. That's, that's the whole point of living on this earth. You're living for eternity. So, the next thing is, let's just jump to an 8 so we make this a preview and not a sermon. Let's say you're a level 8 leader. Well, now, look how you've raised your lid in personal growth and development. You've become more. And your thinking has changed. Your speaking has changed. The way you act has changed. The decision you make has changed. And all of a sudden now, look, look how far more expansive you get in your influence. And, how, and all of the space that covers. That means there's room for people in your life. A, te- an, a level 8 leader is the type of person is when they say, hey, let's go somewhere that you, they, everybody wants to go. Let's go do this. Let's go. Hey, here's where I'm going in life, and this is the direction. Here's the company I'm going to build, and you've got a chance to go with me because here's what we're going to do. And they all just start filing in. So they say, hey, come follow me, and I will make you. And they just fall right in. That's when you're getting into the upper echelons of being a high-level leader. So the next one is uh, you, you can see a nine. And I'm going to have a little trouble with this. This process, they're trying to help me on the thing. Y'all are doing a great job, but i got to manually do this. So, you say a level nine, you get more, you're going to have, you know, more expansive influence there. And just take a ten. This is, this is the standard. This is Jesus. And so, we should live our life wanting to grow like Jesus, which is the point of the whole series we're in, that you guys have been in. It's the point of really any series we ever do, any sermon we ever preach. This is it. But then finally, I want to share with you one more slide about leadership that relates to um, my wife's sermon last week at Bethel Dallas called Leadership is a Process. Now, look at what happens if you grow your leadership. When you, when you grow your leadership, it affects everything. In 1999, when Diane and I began to read this book, which led to more books and then more books, and by the way, if if you haven't read the book and you don't have the book, just go to YouTube. You know, you can watch John Maxwell until you want to throw up. It's like quail in the desert. You could have so much John Maxwell, you're so full, you got to do something or you're just going to go, quit feeding me, John Maxwell. But you got to get, you got to decide what you're going to eat in life. Because whatever you eat is going to come out. Trust me on that. I know what happens when I go to the restroom. Everything I ate eventually comes out. So you, you get on YouTube and watch John Maxwell, and some of that leadership stuff will start coming out. But it's going to come out of your mouth, because you're going to start leading people and affect them in a brilliant way. So when Diane and I began to grow exponentially, leadership affected our spiritual life. That was the, one of the greatest moments of it's like we just were like on a rocket ship spiritually, because we were hungry for more, crying out to God, there's got to be more. Our family grew immensely as a result of our leadership because we're, ch- we're treating our children differently. You know, we're not, you, you don't yell at your children and you, you, dis- you discipline them, but I mean, there's a whole sermon in that. But it's just the, the way you lead your family, if you're a strong leader, is different than if you have someone that's a weak leader. Your profession is different because you're changing the workplace and the environment that you're in. You're affecting people and they want to follow you. You get raises and promotions. You know, I'm sitting here as I'm here today, I've got a buddy on the second row named Chuck Ponce. Wave, wave, Chuck, at these guys. Chuck Ponce and his wife Mary Kay are here, both on our missions team. I've known Chuck since 1998, and Chuck, when, when I'm, and Chuck was when I when I got saved in 1998, he was the first guy in my Bible study. 
I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus on a Friday night at a 55,000 men in a stadium. And we go home from that. And I start a Bible study, and only one guy shows up on Wednesday, and it was Chuck. And, and, it, and it grew. It grew big. But that wasn't the point. The point was we, were, we, were wanted, to, we wanted to grow in Christ. And Chuck's here today. Well, the thing was, Chuck, was a re- Chuck worked for a, a, a large uh, air conditioning and heating company. And Chuck's an electrician. Well, Chuck's a, Chuck's a builder. He does all that stuff. That's why he's running the renovations at the Havens. But Chuck was working for this AC heating company, and when he started, him and Mary Kay also got in this this book, 21 Laws of Leadership, in 1999, because they were working with us. And Chuck gets in the book, starts reading it, he starts living by these principles too, and in in one year's time, at this major company, he got four raises, four, excuse me, four promotions. He jumped to four different positions in one year. Because he decided he was going to raise his lid. He was going to read John Maxwell's book and do something about it. It was, when, it was now, within a year and a half, he had quit his job and started his own construction company called Diligent, Diligent Construction. He's, he's, uh, he's built a home for us, builds home for others, renovates homes, dream homes, big homes. And he's built churches in Mozambique. And he's here now renovating the African Havens and leading that crew. That's leadership right there. Leadership. Chuck's a, Chuck, Chuck's a high-level leader. He's awesome. And leadership affects your family in huge ways. That was probably a longer preview than what I ex- expected to give you today, but that was important. So let's get to now the movie. So the movie's starting. And what we're discussing today, and I'm teaching, is about faith and declaring the word. So... Y'all helping me back there? Thank you. All right. <laughs> I told Roger, in the, when we were on, Pastor Roger on the break, I said, I'm not, I, I'm better when you just close this stuff up and I can just start rolling. Okay. So we're going to try. What have we learned? So far we've learned in the last three weeks, I know that you guys have learned about reading the word, meditating on the word, and obeying the word. And so we're at week four, but let's recap this week as quickly as we can, and when you talk about reading the Word, Romans eight twenty nine says, For whom He foreknew, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be firstborn among many brothers. So, when you read the Word, you start learning that you were predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. And these last three weeks should be profound you know, to you. I know Pastor Simon taught about what you meditate in your heart, about how that word, how it comes alive in you. You begin to learn about your identity when you really read this word, when you meditate on the word. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So there, when you meditate on the word of God, you're, you're thinking in your heart. And you, you know what you become? You become what you think. And if you're thinking about the word, if you're eating the word, like when you, you saw, I think you heard in that sermon something from Jeremiah about eating the word. That Jeremiah ate the word. He took this and I mean, he just, he didn't have a Bible. I mean, he didn't have this Bible that we have today. But what, what he had is, the, the metaf- metaphorically, what he's, he's eating the Word of God. And as he's eating that, I mean, he's transformational. That's why he's, you know, really a hero of faith. But you can, you can become one too. Because we've all got the same, we've, got, well, we've all got the same last will and testament of God. To be able to become all that we can be 
in Christ Jesus. But as you think in your heart, so are you. And you, that's why I said you're a difference maker and a world changer. Because you should think that way, that you're a champion. The word champion means, actually, it comes from a Hebrew word called gibor, G-I-B-B-O-R. And it means to be an overcomer. It means a valiant uh, man. It means a valiant warrior. It means conqueror. That's what champion means. So when someone says you're a champion, you know what they're declaring to you in your, in your spirit? They're declaring to you that you are an overcomer, that you're a mighty man. It means mighty man. It means valiant warrior, and you got to receive that, or you don't have to. You can say, no, forget that, but why would you? Because that's, that's how God designed you. He designed you to be a champion, and, we, and you learned about obeying the word. You know, John 15, 14 says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now, think about that. Jesus telling his disciples, you are my friends if you do everything I command you. You're my friends if you obey me. All I know is that he was a level 10 leader. And would you rather hang out with a level 10 leader or a level 3 leader? A 10. Exactly. The only reason I want to hang out with a level 3 leader is to pull them up and help them become a 5. Because I love hanging out with 3s, but not, not for a year straight. Because if, if I hang out with you, if you're a 3 and, I'm still, and you're still a 3 a year from now, I'm done with you. Like when Jesus came up and cursed the fig tree and he said, Done. That fig tree needs to die. It's got no fruit on it. Did he not? And that doesn't mean I'm going to say that to somebody. Die. (laughs) But what it does mean is I'm going to still love you, but I'm going to keep you at a greater distance because I can only work with people that are going to allow me to pull you up to higher levels in life and higher ways of thinking in Christ so that you can become all that you're supposed to be in God. In Christ Jesus. Proverbs 13, 13. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. So let's look at declaring the word today. As we look at the verse Mark, uh, out of Mark eleven twenty three through 25, what the word says is, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now, this is a powerful scripture where Jesus is saying, whoever says to this mountain, this is, this is the part about declaring the word now, because now you have to speak. You, you get your thinking right by reading the word and meditating on the word, but then you get it right with God when you learn how to speak that word. Because it's the word that actually breaks chains. It's the word that moves mountains. When you're able to say that it's the name of Jesus, that every name will bow in heaven and on earth and the earth below to one name, the name of Jesus. You can say headache, bow in the name of Jesus. You can say cancer, bow in the name of Jesus. Because cancer is just a name. You call it a disease. I call it a name. Leukemia. It's just, a, it's just a name. And there's a name above leukemia. You know what leukemia has to do? It has to die in the name of Jesus Christ. Because there's a name above all names. Infirmity has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every demon in hell, every sickness, every disease, every, oppress, every oppressive thing that's in your life. When you learn to speak the word of God and speak the name of Jesus, you'll see every oppressive thing bow to the name of Jesus because it has to. It has to obey the word. 
Okay. So point number one is really what I just told you. Speak to your mountains. Whoever says to this mountain, move and be cast into the sea. Let me try to say this as fast as I can. Coming into 2018 in December, I wanted to quit being a pastor. I wanted to leave the United States, go to an island, you know, split coconuts, carve pineapples and catch fish and just, just smile at tourists. I wanted to go somewhere far away because there's so, 2017 was such a year in our family's life where we're attacks on our business, attacks on our family, attacks on our church. There's so much that it doesn't matter who you are or what kind of leader you think you are, you can come under a lot of oppression when the enemy's trying to come in on you in every direction. Can anyone relate to me? Well, I'm ready to just call it quits. Totally. But on January 1, I decided to go on a 21-day water fast. And that's, yes, that's water. Because I needed God. And I needed God to show up. And so I'm crying out to God, you know, for him to take the attacks off of our business, to take the attacks off our family, attacks off of our church. And I don't have time to go into all the, we've already gotten some of those answers. But the other ones that we haven't gotten, I know they're still there because faith comes uh, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also the word says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things yet seen. And so because I know that as I prayed and I asked God and I fasted and, and I said to that mountain move and certain, certain things, I haven't seen the end result yet. But I know that I know that even though it's yet seen, it's already done because faith is the substance of those things hoped for. Substance means, and you look it up, the Strong's defines substance as, as something that stands under, like a foundation. So faith is like the foundation of things hoped for. Evidence of things yet seen. You need a foundation in your life to stand on. It also means from the Vines Dictionary, Vines describes it as a title, a title deed or a guarantee. Faith, so think about that. Faith is a title deed. It's a guarantee. So if you have faith and you believe, you have a title deed to that thing you're praying to God for. But you got to know that. you got to know the word. So now you know that. Faith is the title deed for things hoped for. Who needs it? How would you like it if I handed you a title to a car today? Or a title to a house, a mortgage? Would you like that? Well, start praying to God the right way. With faith. Because it's the substance. It's the title deed for things hoped for. It's the evidence, which is also the guarantee. It's the evidence of things yet even seen. So you got to trust in what you haven't seen yet. Just like Abraham trusted in God when he took Isaac up to the altar. He knew it. By faith, he knew that even God, if, if, he, if he wound up sacrificing him, that even God would raise him from the dead. That was what the Bible said in Hebrews about Abraham. So that's after he, God had already promised him that he'd be the father of many nations. God had already promised him that in your seed that all the nations would be blessed. And now, he's, and now God's saying, go stick a knife in your son. And, and he's got the knife up. And he's ready to stab his son. And the angel of the Lord tells him, whoa, 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 whoa Abraham. Or, you see? Tells him to wait. And he, and he has the sacrificial ram. That's faith right there. Wow, it's powerful. The word is powerful. Speak to your mountains. Then believe and receive. You got to believe. You got to believe and receive what God has told you. In his word. It's so imperative. I want to tell you a, another quick story. Let me help this make sense. Uh, whenever you pray for someone, there's basically two types of healing in the Bible. There's 
There's a lot of different ways people get healed, but there's two types of healing. One is called the deutimous power of God. That means dynamite from, from the Greek. So that's an instantaneous miracle. Someone popping out of a wheelchair, blind eyes open, deaf ears. Someone has a limb that grows back. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's, it happens. Raised from the dead. That's a dynamite. There's people, I know a guy that's raised over 100 people from the dead. That's the dynamite power of God. When he says, get up in the name of Jesus, rise up. But then there's the second way that people get healed, and that's you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so what happens is, where people will come up for prayer, and maybe they just have a tumor. And, and so they, you pray for them to get healed, and they believe it. They're happy. Like, yeah, thank you for praying for me. I believe it. And they're just believing that tumor's going to dissolve. And the thing they don't know is... It may be because they don't know the word when they go out and they have a symptom. Maybe they feel some pain in that area again and they feel a symptom. And then you know what they tell themselves? Oh, I guess I wasn't healed. What happens then? When we speak that, who gets to take access to that? The devil. The enemy does because he allows him to enter right back in. And he takes advantage of that situation and he carries out the verdict. Death. Destruction. The way it works. I've got so many stories I want to tell you about that that are huge that we don't have time for today. But you have to know that when you get, when you get that's just one example of believing and receiving. It's having faith to stand even when symptoms of things are, are facing you. And it just, I mean, the first person we ever prayed for in 2001 after Diana and I got filled with the Holy Spirit was the fact that we prayed for a lady with a two-pound tumor in her stomach and, and it took, and we left, drove home. Six days later, she calls, and she says, uh, hey, I, I really want to believe what y'all prayed, and I, and I know something happened, but I still feel the pain in my stomach. It was a grapefruit-sized tumor. And I said, Susie, girl, you, I just sowed seeds into your, in the seeds of the Word of God into your life. Uh, my job is just to sow seed. God's the one that heals you, so he's going to heal you. And she goes, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'll just keep pressing on. The next day, she goes to San Antonio to the doctor, gets her MRI, and the doctor is, com com he's confused because in the MRI shows there's no two-pound tumor there anymore. Nothing's there. And he says, I don't know what's wrong, but our, something's, something's not right about this. She goes, I know, Jesus healed me. Well, see, you've got to help people understand that you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In the Bible, the extended part of the Bible there says, you'll lay hands on the sick and they go through the process of recovery. That's what it really means. So let's move on. Third one is forgive. If you have anything out of this one verse in Mark 11, or two verses in Mark 11, forgive is powerful. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Think about that. My Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as. Father, so you're telling God now, God, forgive us our sins as I forgive others. Therefore, if, now let's turn it around. God, if I don't forgive others, you're not going to Forgive me. So whose responsibility is it to let go? We don't forgive people because they deserve it. We forgive people so that we can see again. That's why we forgive people. It's important. We forgive people so that we can move mountains. 
and have the power of God in our life. Because when we have unforgiveness, it's like bitter poison, and it just poisons you from the inside, and it, and it just kills the word inside of you. Let me leave you with this. I'm going to touch on, can I have a couple more minutes to wrap this up? Okay. I've got to tell you a couple stories that are important. Because, really, in declaring the word, we've got to develop our faith. And the only way to develop our faith is with this word. We don't develop our faith because we're good looking, we're smart, we're intelligent, we go to a seminary, or we're in a certain denomination, or none of that. None of that matters. All that matters is do we have this word inside of us? Because as we eat this word and, this, and we learn this word and we're able to regurgitate this word, the power of the word transforms our mind, it transforms our heart, transforms everything around us and we become We start raising our lid to become a level 10 leader. And faith is what comes out of this. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I've got a nephew on the second row. And he's my nephew by marriage. And and my niece, who's not here on this particular mission trip, their son, his name's Derek Wright, right next to Chuck. Their son, Tristan, is TJ's age. You know, he's 18 years old. And... A few weeks, like a month ago, he, had a, he was running track and field, had a hurdle accident, and snapped his foot, snapped the bone. It wasn't protruding through the skin, but it was protruding up, it was protruding up like it, it just hadn't broken through the skin, but it was snapped in his, in his foot. And everybody's circling around him at the track meet, and, and, you know, and Derek's, Derek's wife, my niece, was up in the stands, and she, saw, she knew something was wrong eventually. And so she goes down on the field, and she sees her son's you know, foot snapped, and she's like, get, get everybody out of here. So she had, she had everybody run off. You know how, like, Jesus put people out and closed the door? And she stood over her son, and she, what she said in her testimony was, my thought was, I don't have time for this. This is annoying. I do not have time for this annoyance. And she leaned over her son, and she started praying in the name of Jesus, God, heal his foot. And what happened is God took that bone, put that bone back together, Healed his bone right there on the spot. Healed any nerves, any blood vessels. And he gets up and he walks and he drives home from the track meet. That's because of the word of God. That's what happens. And you may be going, well, well, how does that happen? Well, it's normal for God. This is a normal thing. It's not normal to people who don't know the word. It's, 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 It's not normal for a lot of people who go to church. They just don't know the word. Um, one more story and I'm done. My son, Cam, my oldest son that came with me here seven years ago. You know, talk about faith. My, my son, Cam, comes into the new year a lot like me. And he's at my kitchen counter saying, Dad, Dad, uh, something's got to change this year. I've got to have more God. He goes, I've been riding on the back of you for so many years and, and you've done so much for me and, and, and I've seen you and mom's faith and, and I love God, and I'm obedient, and I'm righteous, and I was a virgin when I got married, and I've just done most of all that stuff right. But I've never felt the power of God. He says, I've never experienced the intimacy that you've talked about, and all those things. He goes, I've seen the miracles and been a part of that, but I've never felt it myself and had that kind of intimacy. He goes, I've got to have it. And so what he did is he started, he did a 10-day water fast. All right, what I'm not telling you is he's training as a free agent for the National Football League. That would be like someone training to get on the spring box. This, this May. And so it, you, you, you wouldn't think they wouldn't eat for 10 days if they're training for the spring box. 
But he, he, he goes on a 10-day water fast. And you know, what, you know what our great God Almighty does? He shows up. And he starts just downloading revelation to my son. Gets in my son's life just intimately like they're best friends. He just wants to talk to God every day. And then just, and, and nobody, I mean, it's just amazing what's going on. So many things, inventions. It's business things. It's spiritual things. One thing after another. Too many things to list right now. Because I'm about to interrupt the third service. So, this, and Pastor Simon will never invite me back again. But to finish it up. But even since then, he's gone on a, he only eats four times a week. This is a guy training for professional sports. He, he fasts for 48 hours. He eats one meal every 48 hours. Then he eats the next meal 24 hours later. It goes back to 48, 48, 24, 48, 24, 48, 24. He only eats four meals a week. He said, Dad, I'm faster than I've ever been. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm leaner than I've ever been. And I am with God all the time. And what, he, what he's learned is he's learned about this word. He's learned about the principles of fasting and praying. He's learned the principles about being deeply in God's word. And he's learned the principles of obeying God at all costs. He said, I, if, if it costs me the NFL, I don't care. I need God more than I need the NFL. And so he meditates on this word. And you know what? He's my son, but he's no different than you. It's all a choice. We've just got to decide what we're hungry for. Are you hungry for Nando's? Or are you hungry for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are you hungry for your next breakthrough in life? Or are you hungry, you know, to just go eat a sandwich when you get home? Are you hungry to go watch the next movie or jump in front of a television? Are you hungry for the next sport event? What are you hungry for? Because the Word says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's about our hunger. It's about how big is your want to. How bad do you want your lid to raise? How bad do you want to be a level 8 leader? How bad do you want to be a level 9 leader and see all those things in life multiply? Spiritual, family, uh, profession, relationships explode. It all depends on your hunger and the choices you make and the action that you take to start having faith and declaring the Word of God in that process. So my challenge to you or charge to you as Pastor Simon comes up here and kicks me off the stage is for you to get extremely hungry for the God Almighty that gave us this book, the bread of life. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. And because he's the word, this is what we're to be conformed in his image. So this is it. This is how we get conformed to his image. And that's where our faith comes from to be able to declare this. So God bless you. Thank you guys. Thank you.